When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oppo, featuring SuperVook, lightning quick smartphone charging tech. This is Phoenix Nation on SENZ. Yeah, three past one. Scott Wooten's going to join us around half past one. Uh, the uh, Phoenix centre back is at the airport awaiting our call as the team get ready to jet off to Perth. We're also going to catch up with Natalie Lawrence this hour too, the coach of the Liberty A-League women's side right now. Though we're going to do a year in review with the man that calls all the games here on SENZ for the Wellington Phoenix, uh, Daniel McCarty. How are you, sir? Ricardo, very, very well, because now I'm on the other end of the house away from uh, my daughter who's losing her mind. (laughs) That's always a good place to be, the other end of the house. Mate, uh, we're talking about the Phoenix, we're talking about 2022 in review. Uh, It is is a a year of of two halves, if you like, because we've got the back end of one season and the start of another season. Uh, and, you know, the back end of last season wasn't pretty. Uh, I mean, they scraped into the playoffs, but, boy, do, they did it tough during COVID based over an Aussie for a second, was it third season in a row? Yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine how long they were actually away from home, uh, Rick Dog. And, and I must admit, when the calendar clicked over into 2022 and the Phoenix men opened uh, the year with a 4-0 loss, to Adelaide, I think that was their fourth loss in a row. I, I was fearing the worst for Uber Calais men. Uh, I was expecting the wheels to completely fall off. That um, you know, the, all those old tropes of you know playing at home is so important, making a fortress of your home ground. Well, they never had that luxury. They hardly ever played in front of uh, fans rooting for them. But credit to them for getting through to the playoffs. There, there was that wonderful run after that Adelaide ga- game when they went. Seven games unbeaten. They won five of them. They got through to the semi-final of the FFA Cup also in January. Uh, but from then on, after that run of seven games, Ricardo, as you've sort of intimated at the top, there was that period of rocks and diamonds, wasn't there? There were some good games. Then there were some horrific ones. There was that stretch where they went, you know, four nil at the hands of Newcastle. They lost one three nil the following week to Brisbane. Then lost six nil to Melbourne City the next. 5-0 the following to Central Coast Mariners before beating the eventual champions Western United four goals to one. So they were really up and down. Um, and then they finally made the long-awaited return to Wellington, although they'll want to forget that day. They were humbled again by the Mariners. don't know what the Mariners had over them last year, last season. Uh, they lost four goals uh, to nil. So there were some stretches of great football. Uh, there were some stretches of really uh, average stuff as well. Finished sixth overall. They conceded... 49 goals in 26 games, Ricardo, and just had five clean sheets. So uh, overall has to be considered a positive season despite going out in week one of the playoffs again to the eventual champions, Western United. Uh, just to get to the playoffs, uh, for me, was really impressive for all that uh, hardship they've had to endure. Yeah, I think that, that summed it up really well, uh, Daniel. Uh, and and then the, the recruitment for the coming season, I think, has been really impressive. Uh, but maybe that hasn't matched what we've seen on the pitch. And I think probably Ufuktale would say that as well. I I think that in Krajev, uh, Zavada as well, and, and what we've seen of Jan Sus, they look like really good additions to the team, but maybe they haven't quite delivered on the field just yet. Yeah, 
there was a lot of moving pieces in the off-season. They've essentially had to build a whole new front line. You, you think, what, Gail Sandoval, Hooper, Soterio, uh, Scope are all moving on. Combine those four had 23 of the 34 goals they scored in the league. Uh, last season, uh, Ricardo. And you, you know, you're a football man. Um, you don't want that much sort of turnover in a lot of ways. And I think they've done a really good job, actually. And it's a different sort of looking front line uh, with Barbarousas also coming back amongst those names. Maybe not the, the speed merchants of Soterio and Piscopo. The, um, I think there's a good balance to it. Um, Zavada leading the line, you know, good old-fashioned number nine. But he, although he's not your atypical... Uh, target man, is he? he? He moves well. I, I think he sort of leads that line uh, nicely. And uh, Ufakela has a lot of options to partner around, and whether it's a, a Barbarouche the David Ball or uh, Ben Wayne. Um, I, I like what I see in that final third of the park, but a bit like last year, last season rather, I, I had some questions, Ricardo, about defensively. There's not enough clean sheets in this group currently. I don't think they've actually got one this season. Granted, the Craig Goodwin goal from last week is just a worldie from a set piece. There's not much you can do about that. But I think they um, they need to tighten up on that. And I'm sure Scott Wooten will tell you exactly that when he speaks to you later. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think they'll be aiming for a, a clean sheet against Perth this weekend who have hardly been setting the league on fire at this stage. No. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when Tim Payne is potentially your first choice centre-back partner for Wooten, you maybe you maybe are lacking a bit of depth there. Nothing uh, taking away nothing from Tim. He can do a good job there, but he's definitely more of a right back. Yeah, and, and when you look at the most successful sides the Phoenix have put out over the years, there is a dominant centre-half, if not centre-half pairing. Uh, and I think you can marry that right across the league. Um, so those players they've got have got to um, you know, tighten things up. Or, hey, the new year ticks over, maybe they'll, they'll look to bolster their playing roster. But, but what I do know is they're a very competitive side, Ricardo. In fact, if they've, they've been more ruthless this season, they could be top of the league. Um, by my math, you know, discretion advised my math's involved. But I, I, by my count, I've got four games that they've led that they've failed to see the job out. And uh, in those games, I think they've dropped nine competition points. So I, I see that as more, more of a positive that you're getting yourself into winning positions. Um, but it's also painful how they've conceded those uh, points. A lot of them have come late. I think seven of those nine points they've dropped have come after the 75-minute mark. So you just need to find a bit more of a ruthless edge uh, for the Phoenix, and I think the hunting playoffs for sure. And um, you know, hopefully, uh, they might have a long run. Maybe they'll be playing in front of Sydney fans in the grand final. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get uh, a home playoff at least at some point, uh, Daniel. Hey, we should talk uh, the Liberty A League as well. The women's team. I mean, they were thrown together, you know, for last season. They were a very young team. They were based exclusively in Australia, and I thought they probably performed above where I thought they would go last season. Um, what was your take? Yeah, I, I feel very similar. Um, firstly, them arriving, awesome, isn't it? Long overdue, very exciting. Uh, as you rightly point out, late in the piece for recruitment, and we're always up against it. In fact, I, I said often, you could almost give them a pass in their debut season, and we should probably critique their second season efforts more so. Unfortunately, so far, this campaign, winless after five, and... I know they want to develop young talent, but I do wonder if they had some bias regret regret of not bringing in more experience to partner with some of that very raw, exciting talent. But despite that sort of quibble, uh, my overriding feeling, uh, feeling rather, is it's fantastic overall for the club, the pathways in New Zealand football. And a, a real highlight of the calendar year was uh, that game in February against Canberra. Chloe Nolan in the scoring, and then Grace Jolly was excellent for them scoring 
uh, a couple in a short period of time to secure their maiden victory 3 0. I think though it gave uh, Canberra an idea to steal Grace um, uh, after the season. So I, I think, I think, I, despite the the disappointing result, uh, 2022 should be remembered fondly for what we hope is uh, you know down the road a, success, a successful team. But I, I never had grandiose ideas that they'd you know be up, up near the top of the league this season. But I, I'd like to see a little bit more competitive edge um, from them and quality in that final third, especially. I thought there was real fight in the last game against Adelaide, which um, which was at least a positive on the part. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I think Grace Jarley's loss has, has really been felt because uh, she she really yeah. leads the line very well. But uh, I mean, you look at the two squads last season, uh, this season, you know, that sort of uh, bracketed in this year, and this season squad on paper at least should be better. You know, with Betsy Hassett, with Paige Satchel, uh, with just a bit, more, uh, you know, Emma Rolston, a bit more experienced players that know their way around. So that has been disappointing that we don't have a point on the board there yet. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, professional sport's pretty harsh. The, you, you, the pressure just builds each and every week from here on in. Um, and you saw, I'm not sure if you saw the pitches after the loss against Adelaide, they're in this tight huddle for about 10 minutes after. Obviously, lots of soul-searching going on, I, I'm sure. Um, McKenzie, was, they were trying to pick her up after you conceded the own goal. But if they look back on that game, they'll look back at three very good chances in the first half. And unfortunately, you've got to find a way to put one, if not two, of those away. Um, especially against the Adelaide side, who are just excellent defensively. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty exposed position to learn your craft um, uh, at, in the professional league that the A-League is, which is of, a, you know, pretty good quality by international women's standards. So, um, you know, hopefully they can turn the page on uh, the year and, uh, you know, start more positively in 2023, a bit like the Phoenix men uh, team did at the beginning of this year. Yeah, 100%. 100% we can get that happening. Uh, well, just quickly, Daniel, uh, a couple of projections for 2023. Um, I mean, what are your hopes for 2023 from a Phoenix point of view, and what do you expect? My, my hopes, uh, as, as I pointed out, uh, Ricardo, I, I, I think now, uh, because they've got themselves in a position of the last couple of years where they're knocking on the door, that sort of bare minimum is making those playoffs. Uh, you always want to go um, one step further than last year, so what, um, one win in the playoff uh, to get through. Um, that, that's what I like. But, you know, I, I think going forward, two goals a game they're currently averaging, um, that, 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 that looks pretty good to me. And if they can find a way to be frugal at the back, especially at the right time of the season, you look at Western United, they conceded two goals in four playoff games. That's the recipe. If they could find that, anything could happen in the playoffs. But maybe, you know, fifth or sixth getting into the playoffs is um, uh, going to have to be uh, a bare minimum as far as I read it. Two things I really want to see, them to capture the imagination of Wellingtonians. Where are the fans? This is a huge, uh, huge problem for me over what I've seen in the last three or four games at home. The fans are down. I don't know if it was out of sight, out of mind, due to being in Australia for so long, uh, but the crowds are down and that uh, they do need to figure out exactly why. We know it's tough financially at the moment for all of us, uh, but you know historically they're on the lower end of the, uh, the spectrum, so hopefully the Phoenix can continue to play this attacking football uh, you know they have they've scored in every single game um, there's no lack of entertainment but uh, they need to find a way to get some fans back and make uh, Sky Stadium a, a fortress like it was in the good old days yeah 100% mate 100% and for Natalie Lawrence and the uh, Liberty A-League side oh, firstly I'd, li- I'd love to see them uh, recreate the effort last weekend week in week out 
Uh, even when they were down and, you know, eyeing another loss, they, they keep fighting to the end. I, I thought they defended quite well um, uh, against the side that had some really good players like uh, Chelsea Dorbers, you know, one of the most menacing players in the league. Um, my question is, is there enough goals in them? So hopefully they can uh, find a, a striker to lead that line and, and find a way to, to, to bowl to the back of the net a few times. But, um, but my, my expectation is probably on the lower end. Um, it's probably more about how they perform week in, week out from here rather than uh, what I think might be an unrealistic expectation that they'll make our finals footing. Yeah, good stuff, Daniel. Hey, listen, thanks very much for giving us some time, mate. Go well. Have a great Christmas with the family, and uh, we'll catch you in the new year, eh? Well, do I have to go back and join the family from what I can hear on the other side of the house? <laughs> uh, I'm happy to speak to you for the next 25 minutes if you want, Rick Dog. But um, you know, what, what a year of football it has been. We've been uh, you know, really, really lucky here on um, uh, SDNZ. David Chope and myself, Rusty Gregorio as well, to, to bring you A-League coverage. It's wonderful to have it back in, in New Zealand. And uh, let's not forget the Football World Cup was an utter joy to be part of as well. So Merry Christmas to you, mate, uh, and to everyone listening. This is SENZ, Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo. And uh, joining us now is the coach of the Liberty A-League women's side, Natalie Lawrence. G'day, Natalie. How are you? Hi, how are you? How's yeah. it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Are you all prepped for Christmas? Um, get in there, yeah. I've got to do my little last minute Christmas shopping today. Um, you know, like things... Um, They've definitely Christmas has definitely crept up on us a little bit this year, so nearly there. Nearly there. It's, it's almost a pity that you're not heading to Adelaide now because you can do it all duty-free. <laughs> this is true. This is very, very true. I should have thought about that. Change oh. the schedule. Change the schedule. Get, get in touch. You, you <laughs> get, get your people to ring their people. It'll, it'll sort it all out. Um, Natalie, I, I don't think it's uh, stretching things too far to say that you, you're not exactly where you want to be at the moment with the, with the team. I, I think we've seen the effort, and I think defensively we've improved, but uh, we're not getting the results at the moment. What, what have, what's been your message to the team? Yeah, I, I think um, that the messaging has been like fairly clear, as in, um, like to like the results are going to come. Like mm. you said, defensively, if you look at the game last week, defensively we were a lot stronger, we were a lot felt a lot more structured, um, which actually in turn led to more shots on target than we've had in other games. Um, so if we can kind of bring in some of the in-possession stuff we've done in some of the early games, coupled with um, being a little bit more um, structured, like defensively, then like if we can take it to teams like Adelaide, who are joint top of the league and did really, really well last year getting into finals, um, like we took them right to the wire and was really disappointed we didn't get what we deserved out of that game. Um, so if we can do that against teams like Adelaide, um, then yeah, we're gonna we're gonna steal points off teams this season for sure. So um, whilst the the start has been slow, we believe in the process that we're going through. We'll get the outcomes that we're gonna end up deserving. Do you uh, what do you put the the slow start down to? Do you do you think that pre season was challenging enough? 
Um, I, I think preseason was challenging enough on the field. I think preseason was challenging in the fact that um, we didn't have long. Um, there's an international window right, right in the middle of it and unable to travel to Australia and play teams. Um, I, I think like also when you look realistically, we've played probably um, like Canberra will be up there. They'll probably be mid-table, but we've probably played like the top three or four teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to be a team that finishes bottom of the league and is suddenly going to finish top. So we're kind of going through our processes to to make sure that we are like competing with these teams and, and we want to go in and, and get points and win every game. Um, but there's also realities to teams we've come up against as well so we want to stay in every game and uh, the first couple of games got away from us and that was a bit of a mentality piece that we've talked a lot about um and you know getting used to the travel and and everything is all like the learnings that we're having to do during the season um are quite big so hopefully we can you know like again you look at last week um there was such positives coming out of that game um that that yeah the team's going to move forward like um and we will get results pretty quickly you've had this year probably more injuries already than you had last season uh to deal with i think yeah. and, and particularly the key members yeah. you know uh, your captain uh lily elfeld uh, hasn't played a game this season katie taylor who's the vice captain's also been injured Alyssa winham who you know uh there was you know so much expectation around maybe too much given her age but you know as a creative force um it has been missing as well uh where are you at with injuries and how much of a factor do you think that has played yeah, I think it's I think it's played a, like a big factor. Um, you kind of, as a coach, have this ideal um, kind of starting eleven when you've got all your squad and you know what your strongest team could look like. And then you know if they're performing in training um, and training's been really competitive, so everyone's pushing each other. So when you do get those injuries, um, whilst you like, we do believe in the squad that we have and we do believe in the depth we have. Somebody as big as like your captain, um, and like I don't know whether you can ever hear her during home games. Like she's such a a leader, um, and you know, and that's kind of what we miss from Lil. Is just like her presence, and then you know, Kate gets injured when Wiz gets injured, um, when Alyssa's unavailable to play. Um, you kind of managing minutes with Roller, managing minutes with Paige. Um, it becomes a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, but we don't want to use those as excuses. Like they're part of the reality um, that we've been pretty unlucky with those kind of players being out. But um, we like, yeah, we've brought players in to be able to cover a multiple position. So, um, yeah, we believe in our squad depth, but um, equally are looking forward to getting those players back to uh, like already saw a difference having kind of whiz and her defensive um, abilities in the midfield um, makes a difference. She makes a, she made a difference to the team. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Lily is she's not just the captain, but she's the keeper, and that I mean, that's a pivotal position, right? So you've had uh, Brianna Edwards as her understudy last season, a very young goalkeeper. Yeah. She's really been uh, thrust straight into it here. Um, how do you think yeah. she's developed over these five games? Yeah, I, I think she has developed massively. I think when you look at um, 
you know, like we, we have conceded quite a few goals, but um, there's maybe one or two that we could have done better with. But other than that, I think she's developed as the game's gone on. Um, when you look at how she brings the team together when uh, when we've conceded, um, she's like above her years in that leadership aspect. Like she communicates incredibly well on the field. Um, <clears throat> so we like we we trust Bree completely, and we think that she has developed massively in areas of the game that we have asked her to and she's taken the opportunity that she's been given and um, with Lily being out to um yeah to to get these games under her belt and gain more experience at this level it's interesting the way the draws worked you played Adelaide at home uh 10 days later you get to play yeah. them away um how does that work yeah. for you as a coach do you i mean especially i suppose coming off a loss uh you know in a narrow loss and you, you you thought that you probably deserved something out of that game is that a bonus to be able yeah. to have another crack so early I think I, I think it is. I think that's one way that you can like definitely look at it as it's a positive. It um, our focus stays with Adelaide. Our focus doesn't shift to another team. Um, we're able to review that game um, to then preview how how to beat them, and that's what we've done this week. And that's what our trainings have been on without it being something um, like a completely new team. So um, it's almost like. You know, like the Ferns are quite used to that. If they go somewhere and they might play the same team twice, you kind of like preview, review. So, um, like in in terms of that, like we've got something like we felt we deserved something out of that game, and we've got the ability now to to prove that we did and to actually get something when we go over mm. um, over the Tasman to Adelaide on Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a great trip for you guys and a, a great opportunity to get one back on yeah. them as well. Hey, now we've been talking uh, through the day today uh, about your favourite Christmas movies. We've done a a, 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 Mount, a Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies, if you like. We've done our top four, Logan okay. and I. Uh, what's your go-to Christmas nice. movie? Have you, have you got a favourite? Oh, I have so many favourites. I am like I'm a little bit crazy about Christmas. I have two trees. Two. Um, I love Christmas. Yeah, two. I know, it's a lot. Um, but ah, uh, I'm gonna have to go. Love actually. Okay, a classic, a British classic. Yeah. yeah, a classic, a British classic that just gives you the good Christmas feels. All right. And, uh, um, can I ask? Have to be my go-to. Why two Christmas trees? Where, where are they? I just felt like the house deserved it. Okay, fair enough. The house got, deserved we've got, it. We've got one in the living room and one in like um, a little bit of an open space area. And yeah, I live on a street that has a lot of outdoor Christmas lights. So I, I feel like I'm letting the street down um, <laughs> other than my two trees. You got your two trees. Good <laughs> stuff, Nat. Hey, listen, thanks very much um, for coming on and having a chat today. Uh, enjoy your Christmas, no mate. Enjoy watching Love Actually Thank again. You. And have a safe flight to Adelaide. And fingers <laughs> crossed you can bring home some points, eh? Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great Christmas. Yeah, you too. Uh, there we go. Natalie Lawrence with us, the coach of the Liberty A-League women's Wellington Phoenix team. They play on the 27th of December against Adelaide. This is SENZ. It is Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo and Scott Wooten joins us from the Wellington Phoenix, from the airport as well as they get ready to embark on the uh, the big trip. They call it the distance derby over to Perth. How are you doing, Scott? 
Yes, I'm all good, thanks, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good, thanks. Uh, question, good question for you to start is, will you be home, home in time for Christmas and if the family put in their duty-free orders? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, yeah, I think um, I think we land it's just before midnight, so just after midnight, uh, Christmas Eve, last Christmas Day. So, so yeah, I'll be um, I'll be back in time to see if uh, see if Santa comes, and then um, yeah, I've, I've got a list actually of a couple of last minute tips that I might need to pick up and uh, give me up there for. So, um, unfortunately, I got got stuck with that, but I'm glad that I won't be there Christmas Eve putting all the, the kids' toys up. Uh, I'm glad I got out of that one this year. Yeah, you'll be just you'll be playing Santa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just need to get my outfit and uh, get some sand, uh, snow on my shoes. <laughs> outstanding, mate. Outstanding. Uh, you you've been to Perth before. How is it for you as a player? You know, I mean, given the travel time. No, it's actually my first time. Um, I was just just having a conversation in the airport with a few of the lads, um, and they seem to say, you know, there's no way around it. Obviously, it's difficult. And um, obviously, with the long travel, is one thing, and then the time difference is is, is another. Um, Ultimately, you know, it's what we get we get paid to do. We've got a job to, to do to go there. We've got to deal with it uh, individually the best way we possibly can, um, and that, that's just that's just how it is. It's the same for for them when they come to us. It's the same for them when they go to Sydney. There's slight differences in time and, and travel and stuff. So, um, you know, we, we try and uh, try and block out any excuse and and uh, go there fully focused. Do you guys do anything different the week leading up to a trip to Perth? I mean, do you start? Going to bed later and getting up earlier, or, or uh, getting up later, or anything like that, just to try and put yourself closer to on Perth time in terms of your body clock. Um, I think it's quite difficult because you're in such a normal routine, especially especially with kids and stuff. You know, you, you have a certain bedtime and, and you wake up at certain times. And I think in an ideal world, you probably would start probably straight after the last game and start trying tweaking tweaking bedtimes and stuff. But I think everyone individually, you know, like the boys, we, we, you know, we've got. A, a relatively speaking squad now in terms of coming to Perth and you know we've got season daily players and we've been there many times so you know everyone has their individual preferences some people will just crack on as normal some people will set alarms to wake up earlier or later or whatever it might be so you know like I say it's, a, it's an individual thing and um, and hopefully you know regardless of um, of what you do it's all about the results and if you win whatever you don't work then if you don't then people will look always look at things. In terms of the Oppo, uh, what have you made of Perth this season? They had a bit of a slow start, new coach, bit of a new setup over there? Yeah, I think they, they obviously had a huge uh, huge turnaround in players um in the summer. Um we obviously beat them twice last year into quite tight games uh, in fairness from what I remember. But they, they had a lot of injuries when we played them last year. They've, they've obviously uh, shifted a lot of players out, brought a lot of fresh faces in. Um, I'm aware of a couple of the players who signed and, and Ryan Williams who, who played, in, played against in England at Oxford and Portsmouth. Um, Beavers as well have played against him a few times. So, you know, they've signed some decent players. And um, yeah, they've had a bit of a, uh, a slower start than I'm sure they would have liked. But, you know, we'll, we'll go there well prepared as we always are with the game plan that we always do. Um, and uh, there'll be no excuses. What about uh, how the team are feeling at the moment, mate? I mean, you had that break from the World Cup, uh, which must have been a little bit weird. Did it feel like you sort of had another pre-season? Yeah, that's exactly how it felt, Ricardo, yeah. It felt like we... Yeah, it was just weird, yeah. You know, you played six games, obviously. We ended that six-game spell at the start of the season really frustrating from our point of view in terms of the last game against Western United and we sort of the worst time for that break to come for us really but you know we trained really hard 
um, we work work well and we got a positive result first game back um, away at Western Sydney even though it was classed as a home game um, and I think it's very important that that first game back whether it's the first game of the tournament the first game of the season that you don't lose and it gives you something to build on and, and we obviously done that last week with a, with a good victory over Adelaide and um, you know, we feel like we're in a decent spot at the minute. We, we've got confidence. Players are scoring goals. We feel like we're really, really close to going on the road, keeping clean sheets. We feel like there's small margins and, and moments are going against us at the moment uh, from a defensive point of view. And I'm not just the back four and goalkeeper, you know, the whole team, um, shift players, things like that. So, you know, we're in a good spot. Um, like I said, you know, we're, we're playing with confidence. We're playing good football. Our performance level is... I think it's been pretty good throughout the whole season, probably except for Newcastle gets away. Uh, other than that, I think, you know, in general, we've had a pretty consistently good performance level in games. Yeah, it's funny how you get teams, you know, you mentioned the Jets there, and they've been a bit of a bogey team, didn't do well against them last season, obviously had that bad result against them this season. Um, and, and then I look at, you know, Adelaide, and I mean, there was a red card in the first game against Adelaide, there's a red game on the week, uh, red card on the weekend as well. Uh, a, a bit tasty versus Adelaide, is it, generally? Um, yeah, potentially. Um, I think, like you say, it's been too, quite funny how it went, you know, how it turns out. Um, I was delighted for Jan Sass to get his first goal of the game, because obviously he it was a very difficult start for him getting a red card in the first game and, and that game ended a bit cruelly for us again last minute similar to Western United let points slip away um, and then I was, as I said I was delighted for him to, to get his goal in the, um, the last last weekend in the return game and then um, obviously they had a player sent off so it sort of switched and you know potentially we could see something develop there you know over the coming games we've obviously got to play them again one more time away this season so we look forward to, to going there and then um, yeah, who knows? You know, these, these rivalries always develop over some controversy or last minute goals, red cards, these types of things. So, so we'll wait and see how it, how it develops. Yeah, uh, see how it develops indeed. Because, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the confidence of the back four and the keeping and the you know the team in general. But, uh, Jan, great for him to a bit of a redemption arc after being sent off in the first game to come back and score that goal. Also, Oscar Zawada getting uh, an early goal as well. So, confidence uh, for the attacking players too. Exactly, and that's huge. You know, I'm sure you've watched football a long time and, and listened to a lot of players speak, and, and confidence, particularly in, in forward players, is, um, is huge. And you know, the, the more the more players we can get scoring goals, the more confidence it gives, not just to them forward players, but also for the whole team. You know, it's nothing better than when you're preparing for a game or you're going into a game and your strikers are on fire because you know, no matter what, you've always got a chance of winning, and that helps the back four, that helps the midfield players. Um, it just breeds confidence about the whole team and hopefully, you know, like you said, the our attacking players are really coming to the fore at the minute and, and scoring and creating and, and all around just playing generally really well. So hopefully that can continue for the, for as long as possible and throughout the season. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. That's what we want to see. A decent run by the boys uh, and, and playoff football again. Uh, how did you cope over the World Cup uh, with all your training and then uh, with all the hours? Uh, how much of it did you get to see? Um, the eight o'clock in the morning games are good. <laughs> Obviously, we, we've seen, um, you know, we've seen most of them. Uh, thankfully, England played, uh, I think, four out of five games at eight o'clock, so that wasn't too bad. I had to set an early alarm for the for the four a.m. game, I think, in the first one. And then, um, yeah, we, we'd all we'd all get together. We'd all be watching the, mainly the back end of the second half in the in the physio room. Um, everyone was having a bit of a laugh at Yarn about Brazil. Me and David Paul were getting a lot of stick for England when they went out and stuff. So, um, 
know, we, we had a, it was a good atmosphere and we, we all, like I said, the back end of the second half of the early morning games, we were all, everyone was pretty much in, in the, the club by then, getting ready to train, but, but watching in front of the telly in the medical room. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was a good atmosphere. Yeah, and what did you make of the final, mate? There's been a lot of talk about it. I, I managed to get Peter Drury on the phone uh, the other day who called the World Cup final, and I asked him if it was the best World Cup final ever, and he said he thought that at the time and then thought maybe it's just, you know, it's too hot off the back of it and he had a day to breathe, but he's he's struggling to find a World Cup final that was better. How did you find it? Well, for sure, certainly in my lifetime, um, you know, World Cup final, big final, Champions League finals, World Cup, the only ones I can think of the top of my head, especially World Cups, were quite cagey games. Um, you know, one goals in it. Um, you know, I think Spain winning Holland one 0 off the top of my head. Uh, Germany winning like, one goal, Italy the same. These are all the ones just just, just now off the top of my head. Where it, you know, it was, it was an unbelievable game. I think for eighty minutes it was so one sided. I've never seen a final in any any, any um, competition so so dominated by one team and I thought Argentina were unbelievable and then just what was it three minutes of, of a bit of madness and a bit of quality and a defensive error and you know, 2-2 game on and then the whole game just completely tipped on its head France had all the energy where they looked flat on the feet you know five minutes earlier Argentina were in cruise control and then all of a sudden they looked right up against it um, and then obviously Messi gets the goal and that was I was delighted because I, I wanted it to win him to win for him really and um, Cement his, his place and, and his, his scores, and I think he's got an ending. Messi scores the winner in extra time, and to give you know Argentina the cup, and then France come and score again, and then penalty. It was just absolutely crazy, wasn't it? You couldn't take your eyes off it for the second. So for sure, certainly in, in my lifetime, it's the best World Cup final I, I can think of for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. I know you're a United fan, mate, and you, you've made appearances on United podcasts before. Uh, I, I thought it was funny coming from Danny Murphy, who I, you know, I don't tend to listen to too much, to be fair. Uh, but he said um, that Harry uh, Harry Maguire must start for United after his World Cup. Um, I think he's forgetting who was in the final. Was the other two United centre backs? So I'm not sure what your take is on that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting one. I must say, I thought Harry Maguire for England was was probably one of England's best players um, in the tournament. I thought I can't remember him putting a foot wrong. Uh, to be honest, I thought he was brilliant. Um, obviously, they did England will play a slightly different way to Man United. That I feel like suits the attributes that he's got. Um, and yeah, it's a, you know, Brand I thought was brilliant as well for France. Yeah, obviously, Lissandro Martinez has got the final of the team. I know he didn't play in the final, but I've seen him play in a couple of the earlier games. Well, that's got to be down to um, the Man United manager, Ken Hag. You know, he'll, he'll assess the players when they come back. I think the advantage Maguire will have is, I'm sure Martinez and Varane will, will have a break now. So, you know, if, he, if he's gone back to United in the same form and confidence that he, he had with England, then it, you know, it might give him another for the first game back. Um, and then Lindelof will probably play. And then I think ultimately, then if he's if he's took the confidence from England, then he's playing in the same vein of form. So Man United then if he's in the team he's in the team and then it's up to the other two to come back from, from their break and, and get him out of the team that's, you know, that's how football works really obviously before the World Cup he was out of the picture at, at Man United and the other two were playing really well and then that'll be up to, up to Maguire now to go in there and, and try and keep his share yeah, 100% will, 100% it will uh, And obviously we've seen the back of Ronaldo as well um, With the, the move that he made uh, If we could pick any player out of that World Cup that you saw uh, Who would it be to, to plug into the United front line in uh, January? 
or Mbappe will miss for sure. Um, you've seen his performances in the final, seen his performances in the group and all the other rounds. His goal-scoring record for World Cups since a young age, I think he'll go on and he'll, he'll blitz that World Cup goal-scoring record. Um, and I think with his age, his pace, he's, if I could, if you could get him an old Trafford, I mean, that would be it. That would be, he would be the one player of the minute in world football. Um, if you could, if you could talk like say and, and stick him in the United team, uh, I think ninety nine point nine percent of people would probably say it. To be honest, um, like I said, you know, his pace, power, everything that you know, Man United can wise in the bottom. So. Yeah, it'd be uh, Killian Mbappe. Killian Mbappe. Indeed, I did see uh, Rooney came out and said that he move, needs to move to either Manchester United or Real Madrid to really prove himself in a proper league. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. Um, you know, the French League, you know, there are a couple of good sides in there, but you know, Lyon, Marseille, um, you know, Monaco, decent sides, but, you know, we, we some top, top players, Ronaldo, Messi, spend so much time in the Premier League that you want to prove yourself and, and do it week in week out against the best teams and the best players every week so you know I believe he was obviously close I think it was last summer to going to Real Madrid if you leave all the reports and that I do think it's a matter of time before he, um, before he does leave PSG and he goes to, to one of the big teams in England or Spain Mm. Yeah, I'll be uh, interested to see what that move is. Hey, Scott, thanks very much for, for giving us some time, mate. I know you've got to jump on a plane, so we'll let you go. Safe travels to Perth. Best of luck, mate. And uh, forget about duty free. Just bring three points home, would you? Yeah, no, that'd be great. Yeah, I think I'd trade that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, mate. Go well. Thanks, Ricardo. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Featuring Superfook, lightning quick smartphone charging tech. This is Phoenix Nation on SENZ. Yeah, we are eight away from two, and Jonathan joins the show. G'day, Jonathan. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. We've got a set of Oppo Enco W11 True Wireless earphones. Could be yours if you can get three of these five questions ready. Uh, right? Are you ready? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, who scored the first goal of the Phoenix men's game against Adelaide at the weekend? Oh, Zavada. Nice, he's one from one. Uh, here's your second question. Who is the captain of the women's squad this season? Um, at the moment, it's Kate Taylor. Saved by Rennie. Advantage, Phoenix. Uh, the season captain is Lily Elfeld, but she hasn't played oh. yet. So you're one from one. <laughs> you've got to get two more, mate. Three questions to go. Club captain Alex Rufa made his comeback from a serious, serious knee injury this season and has played over 100 games. But how many goals has he scored for the senior team? Ooh, I was, I'm thinking five. Saved by Rennie. Advantage, oh. Phoenix. Yeah, it's none. None yet to score. <laughs> I didn't want to be rude and say that. <laughs> uh, the Phoenix inherited their A-League licence from which Auckland-based club? The, New Z- uh, the Knights. Long run-up and puts it in the net. This to win it all, which two other A-League clubs has Paige Satchel represented? She has played for... Oh, I'm going to go with Sydney FC and I'm going to go with Melbourne. Canberra United was the right answer, mate. Thanks for playing and enjoy the Phoenix rest of the season.